Hey, welcome to the Sex to Sex podcast. This is Josh. And Mackenzie. Where we talk about sucky situations and how people deal with it. Um, today we got Brock with us. How do we know Brock? Brock is my cousin. <laughs> welcome, Brock. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me on. Um, obviously, I've known Brock for a pretty long time. He's one year older than me. So, so you guys go way back. Way back. <laughs> yep. Way back. You the womb, but you don't have the same moms, but you're cousins. <laughs> yeah, we've been together for a long time. We always had like different activities together too. I always remember like every year we used to see each other for something or another. Yeah, all the family get togethers. Good old family. Um, so Brock, how about you introduce yourself? Cool. So, yep, name is Brock. Um, I, uh, I am the oldest of Raquel's children. So Ray is the oldest of the Langhams and that is Mackenzie. And then two down is my mother and then me. So I am the oldest of Raquel and grew up mostly in Utah. Kind of went back and forth between Oregon and Utah for a while but mostly Utah, and I started my mission in the Philippines, so got to go and uh, to where Mackenzie used to live, which is pretty fun, mm-hmm. and then um, actually I had dinner with Ray while I was on my mission there, which was really funny. He like showed up in a limo, and it's completely different than, than what you're used to in the Philippines, but he had a chauffeur and everything. It was really nice, but um, yeah. Served my mission in the Philippines, came home, went to BYUI for a year, found my wife, got married in Seattle, and then after that, went to Utah State, and I got my degree in marketing, and now I work in the e-commerce world, been working with Amazon, the platform, for about four or five years now, and I am a senior brand manager at Pattern right now in Lehigh, Utah, and it's been pretty fun. How did you figure out that you wanted to work in e-commerce? I don't think I did. I, uh, I think it kind of found me, to be honest. I want to do digital marketing. So my mom is a huge marketer. That's what I kind of grew up with. I remember going to different trade shows with her, like OR and different places, and I always kind of wanted to do marketing, and that was kind of my whole thing. But I didn't really want to do in-store marketing. I wanted to do more digital marketing. So that's what I went to school for. And then while I was at school – I uh, was part of some companies where I did SEO, I did social media, stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, let's broaden my horizon a little bit. Let's go into e-commerce. And I joined a company called Buyboxer. It used to be called River Runners at the time. And started into e-commerce. And then Amazon, while I was there, that's all we did was Amazon. And it kind of blew up. And so I got sucked into that world. And then people start wanting more more e-commerce people. And then now with COVID, that's all they want is e-commerce people right now. So then I've been able to jump around to, to different companies because of that. But I didn't really want to go into e- e-commerce. wasn't on my mind. It was digital marketing that was on my mind at first. And then e-commerce popped up and I did advertising for Amazon and really loved it. And then just kind of got developed and well, just kind of got enthralled with Amazon and Taken up with it. It's a love-hate relationship I have with them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mackenzie loves Amazon. Every time, <laughs> every, 
every time we get a new package, I'm like, oh, you're supporting small business again. Good job. <laughs> yep, super small business. Yeah, they, gosh, there's so much stuff that goes in behind the scenes with Amazon. It is insane. There's so many things that are going on that they, yeah, I can go, I can talk about them for forever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one thing that we wanted to talk with Brock about is uh, his ex wonderful experience with Shingle. Yeah. Because um, that sounded really miserable. I probably can only count on like one hand people that I know of personally that have dealt with Shingles and Brock's one of them. Um, and that definitely sounds like something that really sucks. <laughs> no. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, how, did the, how did you find out that you had Shingles? Tell us the story. So I actually got it from the good old Philippines. Um, so when I was younger, I didn't have the vaccine. So chickenpox is a form of shingles, a form of that type of herpes. And um, I got it. I got, yeah, good times. I know. I got chickenpox as a kid. wasn't vaccinated because that wasn't really a thing. And then um, when I was on my mission, I always felt this weird itch on my back. And I just kind of ignored it. And then when I got home, went to the doctor, and the doctor was looking at my back. And he's like, did you know you have shingles on your back? I'm like, I had no idea. And he's like, yeah, you have some shingles back here. And just to let you know, we can get rid of this patch, but it's now going to always be with you. Like it's going to – like it just goes dormant, kind of like a volcano in the sense of it just goes dormant and it has certain um, triggers. We don't know what your triggers are, but most of them are dealt with stress. And lo and behold, it was stress that led to it coming back again. And unfortunately, it came back on my face. Yeah, it attached to the nerves on my face. And we didn't know what it was at the time. And that was a good month of just pure pain. That really sucked. What was the pain level on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like absolutely crippling and unbearable? I, uh, so I got my jaw. So you know about my jaw surgery, right? So I had my upper oh, and lower jaw go. broken, right? Okay. That was really painful. Um, Tell us a little I, bit about your jaw because not everyone listening knows about your jaw. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of good, good, good stories, I guess. Uh, so I had a really bad underbite, and it was so bad that I couldn't actually eat an apple correctly. And my jaw needed to be broken for it to be put back together again in the right order. So I wore braces for around eight years. When I came back from my mission, I wore it again for another year or so. And then I had jaw surgery to fix my jaw, my underbite and everything, to put everything back together. And they broke my upper and lower jaw during that surgery. And I woke up feeling like I got hit by a truck. And then for six months, I couldn't eat any, any solid foods. So my Hannah made tons of oatmeal and all sorts of things for me. And, uh, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I went through that and I went through, I haven't really broke a bone besides my jaw. I'm trying to think of anything else I can kind of compare pain with. Like I've been, I've had a few accidents here and there, but shingles, I'm not even kidding. That was a nine to a 10. That was the worst pain I've ever been in my whole entire life. It, what it does is it erupts your, it attaches to your nerves. And at the time it was attaching to the nerves near my forehead and it was erupting my nerves and literally like light itself was so painful 
it, I remember just like tiny bits of light going through a window into our bedroom and I feel like it, it was piercing me. And then at night, I just feel like there was like a kid with a knife just pushing its blade into my head. Like it, it was, I couldn't sleep at night. I remember just, um, just excruciating amount of pain. I, at first we thought it was a migraine. I was like, this is horrible. I've never had migraines before. I'm like, man, whoever gets migraines, this is terrible. And I went to the doctor twice. Went to, well, not the doctor. I went to, um, not the ER. What's it called? Um, Care or? Yeah, I went to emergency care twice. The first time, um, I had a I would wear my hood because it was so painful to look at any lights. So I would wear a hood over my face, and they I went into this room. They turned off all the lights for me, which was really nice. And they were like, "Oh, it's just a really bad migraine. That's what you're going through." And it wasn't until the second time. So I went back a week later. I'm like, no, there's something excruciating. Like, there's something wrong with me. Like, this is the most pain I've ever been through in my life. I can. I can't walk, I can't talk, I can't do anything. And um, they took off my hood. He's like, wait a minute. No, actually, no, he didn't take off my hood. He's like, well, we'll go ahead and take you to the ER then because if it's really that bad, maybe it's just a really bad migraine. So I went to Instacare twice and they still didn't know what it was. And then I had to go to ER. Once I went to their emergency room and the doctor came in, He's like, okay, let me go ahead and take off your hood and see what's going on. He took off my hood, and he could see right in the very top of, like, where my hairline is, just tons of shingles, just, like, tons of blisters. And I thought they were just zits because I was stressful. I was sweating a lot. So I thought they were just zits. Nope. Turned out a big cluster of, uh, oh, gosh. yeah, of shingles, and the doctor jumped back. He literally jumped back. I was like, oh, my gosh. He's like, you have shingles. And he automatically turned to my wife and the nurse and said, you guys pregnant? If you guys are pregnant, please get out of the room. And both of them weren't. But then they put a sign on my door that said contaminated. I felt so hurt. Uh, but they were able to give me medicine and everything. And uh, they were able to like, die it down. And, but for two to three weeks, I did. we had no idea what it was. And so it was just – I even went to work with it one time because I – I thought it was just a really bad migraine, and I remember just being in so much pain. And then after I came home from work, it got so bad that I couldn't move. I was literally in my bed all the time, constantly. And just I remember one night, I didn't even go to bed. I was just like in pain, just like screaming in agony all night long. And it was, yeah, I would not wish that upon yeah. even my greatest enemy, not even close. It was the most pain I've ever been through in my life. So how did you stay motivated despite all the pain you were dealing with? I don't think I was. <laughs> I, uh, in a way, yes, like I wanted to get through it. I didn't know what was going on. But you know when you get sick and you try to think about your life, you're like, man, I'm trying to think about your life back when you were normal. <laughs> yeah. I had those moments where you're like, man, there was a time that I didn't feel pain. Like even when I get like a flu, I always think about that. Um, just like, man, I, I want to go back to the time where I didn't feel anything. Everything was just fine around me. I remember thinking about that. I remember thinking, will I ever get back to that spot again? Will I ever like, get back to a, a moment where I don't feel this pain anymore? And I think one of the big motivation factors was my wife. Like, we are still college students. I think, yeah, I wasn't graduated yet. This is kind of what happened. Was I, had, I was a buy boxer, and I just got promoted. Um, the main person that was running a lot of stuff 
quit. So I had all of her jobs. I had all of her responsibility. I was managing 200 brands, all their advertising for 200 brands. And then I was doing my very last semester of college all at the same time at, you know, marriage. And we just bought a, a townhouse and Bowen just moved in with me. Um, and so there was just so many factors going on and I, my brain just was overwhelmed with everything. And I was trying to do my best with everything. So I was staying up late, trying to get work done, trying to get school done. And I, I remember the day it happened. I remember this, this feeling in my head of like, a like I remember this, this weird clicking sound in my mind of like, uh Oh, so I, I broke something. Like I, I remember thinking, Oh, I broke something. And then that night is when I went to sleep and the next morning I had the headaches and everything started to get really bad. And so, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think my main motivation was just to graduate. Like I still have so much I want to do with my life. Like I, I wasn't <laughs> done yet. You know what I mean? Like I, I was like, I had so much more. I was like, this can't be the end of me. I was like, my gosh, I survived the Philippines. I should be able to survive this. I have more top ramen to eat. I have more video games to play. Yeah, I have something <laughs> I want to do. Like, and yeah, I, yeah, there's so much more. And I just remember just thinking that it will just pass and uh, finally did. Um, so <laughs> that's funny that like, it's like when you think back to that time of stressors, it's like Bo and your brother moved in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, he didn't help at all either. I remember when I I had it, and it was like the sixth day on it or whatever. Bowen comes in, and I'm on the couch just in agony. I have like a a big wet towel on my face, laying there on the couch. Everything is pitch dark around me, and Bowen just busts in the door. He looks at me, and I'm like, "Hey, Bowen!" Like in like a sad voice, and Bowen looks at me. He's like. Brock, you'll get over it. You're fine. And like walks up the stairs. He had no idea. Like at the time, no idea what I was going through. But like it crushed me. I was like, even my brother. Had had Bowen already gotten the vaccine? Um, I think so. Actually, no, I think he had chicken box too, but he was always gone at Kaylee's. So he would only come home at night to go upstairs and go to bed. And I never went into that bedroom. He never... Like he literally never went to our kitchen. He just opened up the door, walked up the stairs, went to his bedroom, went to sleep, and then went to work the next day. Went to Kaylee's. Okay. Yeah, which was lucky for him at the time because if he touched me, he probably would have got something. Yeah. Well, if you had shingles again, would you have done anything differently? Oh yeah. Now, I know, right? So. This kind of leads back into what I was kind of saying earlier was, um, so I got a new job and with this new job, it comes a lot of stress, of course. And at the same time, I now have my parents that live with us. Um, we were gonna go Thanksgiving in Seattle. We weren't gonna do that anymore. Um, my new, uh, a new thing came out for my favorite game <laughs> and I uh, and I wanted to try to balance all of it, and I couldn't. And I was getting so stressed, and I felt my headache coming back again, and I felt certain things coming back, and I was like, nope, not not again. I did not want to go through this again. Like, not, I can now see the signs. Mm -hmm. I know my body's getting exhausted, and my body can't take it anymore, and that I'm stressing myself out too much. So I will literally just stop working. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm done for the day. All right, I just need to go to bed. It's 
10 o'clock, I'm just going to go to bed early. Like I'm not going to try to stay up or anything. Like I'm just going to close my eyes and try to meditate in the morning. Like ever since then, I've been trying to meditate every morning and try to just clear my mind and I make it a, a solid point not to overstress myself, especially with work. It's not worth it. Like it's not, it is, I do not get paid enough to make, to get shingles. Not even close. I mean, with that being said though, if someone offered you, like how much would they have to offer you to get shingles again? There's no amount. I would never <laughs> go through that pain again. It was horrendous. I never want to go through that again. Oh uh, yeah, I I totally get it. So now, if you could hop in a time machine and see yourself like four or five years ago, what would you tell yourself? Chill out. You don't <laughs> have to be the you don't have to be the best of the best all the time. Because I have an addictive personality for sure, and it's good and bad in a business situation, right? Like I'm I'm only 28. And I'm pretty far along with my career. Like I've worked with many great brands and I've, I'm a senior brand manager. There's a lot of people that are not at my position already. And I, and I put myself, like I've even been a marketing director before at Buyboxer. Um, and I have a really nice house and things like that, but it's not worth it in a sense of, I kind of pushed myself way too hard. I always wanted to be like, school wasn't enough for me. It wasn't being the top of the class wasn't enough for me. I wanted to also be doing my career at the same time. I also, like, I wasn't doing part-time work. I was doing full-time work while going to school. Like, me and, at one point, me and Hannah both had two jobs while going to school. Um, we did early morning custodian, and then she worked at Jack in the Box. Um, and so, like, we, we always kind of pushed ourselves. And then I, and then with my job at Buyboxer, I, I was promoted every i think every four months i was promoted at least once and i moved all the way up to be the marketing director and that was really cool really awesome in that sense but no it wasn't because i pushed myself way beyond my my capabilities like i think a lot of millennials do that is that we try to keep up we try to we have a lot of i guess you can call it encouragement from our older generation to be climb up the corporal ladder do this oh at my age i was at this spot x y and z and so, of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I grew up in the Langham family, and we have some really good examples of people that are really high up in business, and I want to be like them. And so I pushed myself, and I would, I would put my body through crazy amounts of stress, going through, like, doing all these exams and doing full-time work, and then also being, trying to be a director and managing. At one time, I was managing a team overseas that was around 20 people. And then managing a team in-house, that was around 10 people. And I, yeah, I thought I could handle it all, but it was way too much. I would definitely tell myself to cool down and to know that you still have time and that it's okay to get those accomplishments later in life instead of exhausting your body for it. Yeah, I definitely think that's something that a lot of millennials struggle with. I just listened to this audiobook called The Burnout Generation, and that's exactly what she talked about, that we just go, go, go. We're always doing something, and we don't really take the time to relax and de-stress and finding healthy ways to cope with stress. I think it's hard for a lot of people. 
Yeah, if you think about it, you can't even go to the bathroom without looking at a LinkedIn article or something. You know what I mean? Like, that we don't <laughs> we don't have those moments where we just chill. Like we we're constantly researching. We're constantly trying to better ourselves in one way or another. Well, I I like that you brought up that you you're like, yeah, I have an addictive personality, and it drives me to do this and this. And I think uh, I think we're kind of like wired differently in a sense that like the millennial generation was one of the first generations to have access to a ton of hobbies outside of going to school all day. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, we joke about like the kid that did school all day and then goes to piano practice and then goes to basketball practice or then maybe squeezes in Boy Scouts or, or something or like Future Farmers of America. Like we joke about that, but that is a reality. There are a lot of kids that grew up that way. And then you expect them to have quote unquote work life balance. But now if you're working from home most of the time, how do you have work life balance um, when you never leave work? Because it's always with you. It's always on your phone. It's always on your your laptop or your desktop. Like you're always connected to work somehow. You have to make a I had a really good um, boss at Buy Boxer and, and him talking to me like right after I had shingles and he talked to me and said Brock you don't get paid enough to worry as much as the owners do and that, that kind of like stood with me like with see like owners of companies and stuff like if they're not worrying that much then why should I and in a sense too like I'm not paid enough to worry about my company all the time as well and so like I make it like a, a big like reminder to myself that after five o'clock or six o'clock, I'm done. Like I just have to like, nope, I'm done. Even if I see an email, I'll get to it tomorrow. Or if I see a message from one of my brands or something, I'm like, I'll just get to it tomorrow. And then, and and it actually helps the brand as well because I set that, that kind of that, not temperature. You set a boundary. Yeah. I set that boundary with them. And yeah, you guys definitely understand this. Yeah, it's with the boundary, the expectation with them that, hey, I'm not going to answer your call at nine o'clock at night. I'm not. Like, that's not me. I have a family. Like, I, I'm not going to do that. Um, but tomorrow I'll talk to you. When I, it's nine to five, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you and everything. But work is not my life. Like, yeah. I have a family that I care more about. And that's what I had to, like, switch my mindset to. Yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. Like, sometimes maybe this is, like, a little more morbid way of thinking, but I'm just, like, if I lost everything, what would hurt more out of everything I lost? Like if it was just to disappear, what would hurt the most? That's like definitely family. <laughs> um, yeah, I, was, I, I had lunch with someone today and we were talking about how like with COVID and everything and, and like sucky situations, it's like more often than not, you're reminded uh, that the things that the thing that brings you the most value in life are, are your relationships, your quality relationships, the, the people that build you up, the people that encourage you to pursue your dreams, the people that cheer you on when you win. And But you're also reminded on the other hand, like, hey, you should do a better job filtering out the people that don't quite support your dreams, don't quite cheer you on. Um, and, and don't actually, like, they're the people that are simply just contributing to your shingles of life. And that's really yep. hard. I, I like that you brought up uh, boundaries and setting that. Yeah, no, it's definitely important. And I like what you said, like at Buy Boxer, what I really took away is like mentors. I got really good mentors from there. 
that I still talk to. Um, there's one guy that I talk to almost every other week. I talk to him a good amount about Amazon, what's going on, and he's just a, he's the one that taught me how to about meditation, and he's really real, like he's just really down to earth and really just a chill guy. He always talks about how his mind's always on money, but you know it's not. Like he's just one of those guys that's always talking. He's like, oh, I only care about his money, but he has like three kids that he loves, and he um, he's just kind of a jokester like that. But the mentorship that I got from him is like invaluable. He's always been there to kind of help me get to the next level. Definitely. Well, Brock, um, how can people get in touch with you if they have any questions about dealing with stress? Like we got, I know that uh, a lot of people in our circle, like they might be, uh, like I'll get uh, emails or phone calls every once in a while from people that are looking for jobs, like they just graduated from college. Um, and if they're listening to this, how can, how can they get in touch with you if they have questions about dealing with stress? Yeah, no, they can reach out to my email. It's uh, brockthompson888 at gmail.com, but Brock is spelled without a K, just B-R-O-C-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N 888 at gmail.com. Sweet. Thanks, Brock. Appreciate having you on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, too.